Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope that you are doing well. No Andy today. He is a little under the weather. So I am joined for this episode by Fat Totti. We will jump into everything in just one moment here. First, want to say thank you to our wonderful patrons over at Patreon who make this show possible. Also, just a couple of quick updates. Joe Tacopina, the former Roma Bologna executive, the former president of Venezia, and the soon-to-be, soon-to-be president and owner of Catania. He is slated to join the podcast for next week's episode on Wednesday, later in the evening. I'm sure many of you have seen the drama unfolding between he and former Roma owner Jim Palotta. So, of course, we will be talking about that, his time at Roma, as well as his soon-to-be acquisition of Serie D side Catania. Very much looking forward to having him on. Joe's a great guy. Chatted with him a number of times. Awesome insight. And also very candid, which is great because quite often when you're in the media and you have somebody on your show, you're interviewing them, it's difficult to really have an honest conversation. But with Joe, you never have to worry about that. So keep an eye out for that next week. Also, we have an interview coming with former Roma executive, another former Roma executive, Alex Zeka. Thank you to the individual who made me aware of this. Now, I, I did this interview with Alex two months ago. I believe it was late December, so over two months ago. And I never posted it in the regular non-patron section of the podcast. And it completely slipped my mind that I did this, it was completely unintentional error. So first of all, thank you to the person who brought this up to me and made me aware that, that I never posted the interview in the regular episodes. So that will be coming within the next few days. And again, my sincerest apologies. And thank you to the person who made me aware of this. Again, uh, too much going on. And it was completely oblivious to me that I never did this. So, and also, sorry, Alex, I, he, he probably thinks, why, why in the world did I waste my time with this imbecile? So just keep an eye out for those two. Uh, again, interviews with Alex Zeka and Joe Tacopina coming uh, over the next week or so. All right, Fat Totti. Let's talk about this top four race first because it's getting tighter and tighter. The margin for error is growing significantly smaller from Roma's point of view. How are you feeling right now? Because I, I think most uh, Roma supporters, they're feeling a lot less confident in finishing in a top four place in this moment than probably they did uh, before the weekend when we were treated to that absolute horse show against Parma. So I, I don't want to break that match down individually. I'm actually glad that this episode is, is delayed by a few days because it spared us from having to, to go over that. That was nothing short of, uh, of, of pain to have to watch unfold with our eyes. So where are you right now? How are you feeling? Top four? Confident? Not confident? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's only natural after the Benevento and Palmer results because they're the games that we expect us to pick up our six points and especially with our record against the top, the other top six out of the seven. It's 
definitely a bit more worrying, but one of those of still so close. We're still what joint with Atalanta or one behind them and close with Inter and Milan are only seven points. So it's, it's one of those that on paper it's understandable to be pessimistic, but the big one will be this weekend against Napoli for the fact that it's a game where if we win, the confidence comes back for the games against the top four, the top seven, and then you start thinking maybe with and with Atalanta coming up and then Inter and Lazio still to play, you think maybe we have a chance. But I, I definitely understand why people are far more negative than they would have been three, four weeks ago. Yeah, so my contention, the way I looked at it was just more a mathematical perspective that this form that they had before this recent skid, for me, it just didn't really seem sustainable that they would continue to, I mean, before Benevento and, and Parma, what was it? They only lost to, or they only dropped points to Sassuolo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. From a pure statistical, mathematical standpoint, I just didn't see how they could sustain that level of form. Uh, you you sort of touched upon it, but now Roma have left themselves no other option. You have to win against Napoli, Atalanta. I think if you drop any points in either of those, you, you gravely uh, wound your chances of finishing in the top four. I, I mean, for you... Again, I, I know you haven't been panicking maybe to the level that, that others have, but based on what we've seen in the recent performances, are you growing more concerned? Maybe, again, maybe not necessarily strictly talking about the big sides, but just about Fonseca in general. Yeah, I think concern growing is only going to come with the form we're in. So, like with the more recent results, it's definitely... Uh, understandable to be more concerned about our top four hopes but it's it's a hard one because as you said it's, it changes from after the Shakhtar game everyone was elated with the team and stuff and then three days later it's doom and gloom again and it seems like that's the roller coaster that we've been in this past year or two so I think for Fonseca I think it's you look at that game, especially the Palmer one, and you just wonder like some of the players on the on the pitch. And I understand that maybe the rotation factor of we don't have a squad deep enough with enough quality to do uh, the Europa League on a Thursday and then Palmer on a Sunday, like like a Milan can't and Napoli wouldn't be able to, and Atalanta can't. I don't think any of these teams in Italy are strong enough to do two competitions to the full. So I think potentially I could you could maybe say Fonseca put too much on that Shakhtar game, but it's still what you need. Some of those performances against Parma was were dreadful from an individual perspective, and you just wonder like, like you look at the front three didn't offer anything. Then you look at Bruno Perez and I've just seen him playing still is depressing and then you've got and then just the others it's 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 a it's a hard one to judge because you worry that you'd you'd get up your advance against Shakhtar uh, tomorrow 
and then you've got Napoli Thursday, what's the team going to look like, and then whoever we play in the quarterfinals, and you worry that these bench players are going to have to step up in the league, and they just don't seem capable enough with the quality they have. Where are you at with Fonseca? Because it, it, it is very interesting. I'll have something coming out, depending on when this gets published, but within the next day where I've talked to a couple people in his entourage and they're they're getting a bit frustrated because Roma haven't really backed him publicly. They haven't opened up renewal talks. And I can't really say I blame Roma for that because they're trying to wait until the last possible moment to understand if they're going to finish top four. It's such a weird situation simply by way of, well, if they finish top four, his contract automatically renews. But ideally, from his perspective, he would like to know what is happening well before that. Where are you at with him? Does he stay? Has he shown enough? It just seems like he's a very divisive sort of manager. Yeah. For me personally, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. So I'd hope that he stays. But it comes with the how much he's going to be backed or how much he's going to be supported because I think that we've seen, especially this last year, publicly by the club, that so many rumours and stuff and it. Not once has he really been, except for the occasional answer from Pinto in a, to a question to reassure him. It's, I understand why he'd be considering other options if it did come to it. I also understand from our point of view that we'll be trying to hold off until the end if as we do have a clause in there that could renew him and we don't have to commit too early in case something tragic happens. But I do wonder what that would also mean for a couple of the other players in our team because I said it earlier in the week about there too like what if he if we weren't to make top four at the age of I think it's twenty eight, twenty nine next season Maybe if a, after a season like his has, what, 10 to 15 goals it'll end on for a midfielder, maybe another club comes looking for him and maybe he wants to move. He seems pretty attached to Fonseca, other players do. It, it's a hard one. Personally, for me, I'd, I'd renew him, but I'd only renew him if we could guarantee him we'd be making improvements to the team rather than taking bits away. Like, if we were going to keep this team to if the Friedkins and Pinto could guarantee keeping this team together and then add in a, a good striker and a good goalkeeper and then a few bits around there, I'd definitely give it one more year with Fonseca. But if we're not able to guarantee that and we might need to sell one or two players or change something up, then I'd understand there's no point keeping hold of Fonseca and I'd just let him go on to other stuff and potentially proving us wrong but we should have held on to him but mm. nothing well, well what about him has has concerned you the most uh, I think I think one of the really, I don't always think it's a bad thing with him but the way he's, the arguments and the maybe disagreements he's had with some of the players like with a, a Jekka a Florenzi and Pedro recently apparently seems like he's He's quite a strong personality and can clash with with the players he's had it with. I wouldn't disagree with him. They seem to be some players that maybe aren't good enough or get paid too much. But I think for him, I think that would be something he's learned from at Roma and maybe he could take on with him if he moves on. But as an actual coach, 
in terms of footballing terms, I don't think we could do much better. And I think most of our struggles are down to individual problems or lacking quality, really. That, that's fair. I, I guess my biggest issue is, especially when we talk about these big matches, we constantly find ourselves talking about individual errors, individual mistakes. <sighs> For these big matches, I you know I don't think there's any disagreeing that that a lot of these players they make just elementary level errors. But when it comes to these bigger matches, I I, I do think there is a character flaw. I do think that there's uh, some you know just a lack of footballing IQ on on many of the players at Roma. For these struggles, though, how much of a part do you think he plays? Because I, I think that is really where a lot of the divisiveness comes with Fonseca. Yeah, it's because you look back through those games, and I've stressed it a few times over the past couple of months. That you look back at uh, what the first big game I can think back to is the derby last January, the Paolo Paolo's first mistake, and if I can remember correctly, that first half is some of the best football we've played in that, that season and we looked incredible in that first half and then right before half time he does that and then the team just kind of collapses and then he collapses for the rest of the season and then you look in the other game the Inter one in June or July where 2-1 up 88th minute 89th minute Spinazzola just kicks Victor Moses or someone and then we end up drawing and then you've got the Juve ones at the beginning of the season where Dzeko misses two sitters they go down to 10 men and we still somehow concede and then you've got the like the, the Napoli and the Atalanta ones this season they weren't getting that we should have won we, four nil and four, we lost 4-0 four 4-1 four we deserve to lose but Mirante made two errors in each of those games so you're looking, right. you're looking at games where even though we should have lost but 2-0 to Napoli or 2-1 to Atalanta aren't as bad and then you've got the Lazio one this season dreadful performance no doubt but you've got what 15 minutes in then Ibanez does makes that error the first one that he's really made this season and then then you yeah, and then the XG they conceded was under one for yeah. that which is just astonishing and and then you see like even against smaller teams like this weekend like the Parma one the second goal Ibanez and Mancini getting confused and Graziano Pedder at the age of what, 36, 37 getting in behind and and it, it just seems like it seems like in those in these big games we're just something about us we've, we've got individual players that are you've got the likes of Spinazzola who against certain teams look dangerous looks like almost dangerous player getting more into box and then against certain teams he just seems to not step up. You can say the same with many of them. I just don't understand how, from an individual point of view, these players can just drop so much in quality when coming up against just their first good team. And it's I understand maybe if it's happened so much, there's something to look at with Fonseca. But I just think the errors are so simple and. I, I don't really know how much more he could do with because like 
how do you coach a bunch of grown men, uh, professionals and stuff, to not not make a simple mistake at the back? Like they're things that they don't always do. It's we don't see Avanias make that error against uh, Benevento or Spezia, and then all of a sudden he just does it against Lazio, and it's it's like you're looking at it and you're scratching your head thinking. Why is it always in these games? And there has to be something there, but I'm not sure how much that's down to the manager. Maybe more something to do with the players needing a psychologist or just some mental form of coaching for them. Sure. And, and I, I think it was you who tweeted something fairly recently. Listen, I, I have issues with Fonseca tactically. Um, I mean, not to a great extent, but the people who are calling on him to change his system there's no manager that does that. No manager completely changes the way they play football from match to match. Do they alter minor things? Of course. I guess my biggest issue is for the people that are calling on him to, you know, play the open football we play against uh, Cagliari, then turn into Antonio Conte. That's just not going to happen. I do think there are some minor tweaks. I do think you could do something like pressing more. That is something that he talked about recently where they haven't pressed well enough or effectively enough in recent matches. And, and that I think is where I draw my biggest issues with him. As you said, I think it's ridiculous. Like there are people suggesting that he needs to check. Like people constantly talking about like uh, so uh, this isn't working. This isn't working. Maybe try a back four for this game. And oh then come you think on, back yeah, to come on. Why we changed to a back three for the first reason, and then you, and then people saying the, the thing at the moment, the thing that I hate at the moment is when people say. Oh, we've been found out, or this has been found out, and it's or what's been found out. It's it it's, it was what it's worked for several games this season, and then we lose one to partner and draw to Benevento, and apparently been found out. But when other teams do it, when other managers do it, they're not found out. It's just a dodgy period. It's just the usual rubbish we have to endure with Roma. But yeah, I think there are. I think we have to remember that he's. He's still fairly young. What's it? He's only forty-five or forty-six, and he's, and as he said many times in his interview since moving to Italy and Syria, he's developed as a coach massively and he's learned stuff that he'll take on. It's his first time using a back three. He's never he. It's like when people say he's not adapt. He's not an adaptive coach. I find it confusing because for someone that's never used a back three in his whole career and he's managed for about seven eight years. He, he came here, didn't we had a dodgy period with the back four, and then he switched it to the back three and we're competing for fourth. And I think he's adapted well to what he has. Many of our players, Mancini, Abagna, Spinazzola, all look far better in this, even Veritu in this new role. These players look like Veritu last season at Fiorentina. We signed him and he was a holding midfielder, just put in front of the, the defence. And now he's a, the, the highest scoring midfielder in Italy and potentially Europe, so I think I think people don't give him enough credit for what is adapted to the team because you look at his Shakhtar and it was and it was maybe a bit more stylish, technical players, and he doesn't have it's like he's, like we saw with him wanting Smalling so much. The Shakhtar he had one of the centre backs was he had better passing ability than most of our midfielders do, but he he seemed to. Take Smalling, realise that he fits with the way he thinks would work in Italy or works with this team, and he wanted him for that. So I don't, 
understand. I don't agree with people say that he's not adaptive or he doesn't he doesn't change enough or doesn't benefit the team because I think he's I think he's sacrificed a lot of what he believes in to fit the team and make them figure out something that's obviously working at the moment. But I do I do think there's certain things that he could develop in and get better in. But I think for me, from what I've seen from him, I think he's improved from last season. Maybe the team hasn't, or position of the team. I don't know the exact points from last season, but or the record against big teams. But in a visual test, from what I see from him, I think he's developed as a manager compared to last season, and that's why I'd be curious to see if Freakins and Pinto could back him financially and then back him with quality, give him a good striker and a good goalkeeper and a few bits in the middle or on the side. I'd want to see what he could do with a third season. You've made it clear how you think about Allegri, so I won't even go down that path with you. Sarri, for me, I, I've I've never been a massive admirer of managers who are ideologues. I, I've always preferred uh, guys who are much more pragmatic. So, uh, listen, uh, Sarri ball, uh, lovely to watch. Don't necessarily know how many players at, at this Roma would would really fit the way he likes to play his his ideas of football, but. For me, it just doesn't seem like there's many valid alternatives out there, and it does sort of feel like they are building something here. Is that the sense you get too? Because I, I don't know if you would feel this way, but I would feel like it is. It, there is not much appealing to me about re- hitting that reset button this summer. Nothing at all. I think quite a few people feel that way. I think you always have the ones that complain about whatever's happening at the moment. If we're not winning the league or competing for the league, they want it changed. But I think the majority of realistic Roma fans, even though they are rare, but I think they'll, I think they will understand that this is the second season of something. We're building something. We've got a team there that obviously has quite a few holes, but also has quite a few players that are well fit to it and seem like they're enjoying it with the manager and enjoying it at the club. And I'd be really tempted to... My view would be to give it a third year if everything can be agreed upon. But it has. But if we're giving it a third year, you have to develop on the squad we have. I, we can't have a third year and then keep Fonseca, renew Fonseca and then we sell a, a, a Veritu or a Spinazzola or something and then you ask him to... Then we try and bring in someone else and fill the hole. It's it keep the team we've got now. Maybe sell sell like the backups or a few rotation players that aren't key to the team coming back. But then we also need to add the quality he needs to take it to the next level. Because seeing how close we are this season, even in a season that we're not we haven't beat any of the top teams, we think if we add a like a Bellotti or a Musso and go or players around that level if we if they're able to chuck in a 70, 60, 70 mil on two or three good quality players. I think we have to continue because as you said, hitting the reset button, what Verity goes, Spinatola goes, or Mancini goes, maybe one or two of them leave, then we bring in someone else and who's the alternatives? As you said, Allegri, I'm not a fan, but even would he be Willing to take over a team that has like 
Reynolds and Catafuria back up wing backs is it's it, they're good youngsters, but for someone that wants to that's used to coaching Juve and AC Milan teams that are winning the league, I'm I'm not sure if he's the man to develop them or bring them up. And then as yeah, she said with Sadi, it's a with managers like Sadi or Deserbi or someone, you you've got such a a principle way of, way of playing football and there's they're not adapt they're not really adaptive coaches like Fonseca showed he's adapted to being given a small in or something. If you go small into Sarri or deserve it, they just chuck him on the bench because they'll just they'll rather field someone from the Primavera that can play under pressure or something. Then and then who are the alternative who else do you have? I think the, the best one in it, the best one that fits in terms of fitting our squad in Italy is a Juric and do you really want to get rid of Fonseca for Juric? It's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sacrifice Fonseca for Juric. I, I like Juric, and I think he's done amazingly well at Hellas Verona. But I wouldn't chuck away the two years of building that we've had with Fonseca for him. And then it's the alternatives, really, as some reports have suggested about with the is it Charles Gould, the database, the bloke that runs the database or algorithm, but. Suggesting a few non-Italian speaking names, like not really uh, narrowing it down to anyone, of course, because they're just probably making it all up at the moment. But yeah, um, anybody the, the, who the, says they know what what Gould is saying, <laughs> I can tell you unequivocally, they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, yeah, but there is so much, <laughs> there is so much legal paperwork involved with that. Trust me, he won't say things. So yeah, everybody's lying in that regard. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I've seen with like the Pinto and the and the Dutch bloke coming in as the CEO of the of the club or commercial yeah, operator, the marketing guy. whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we're seeing names that aren't Italian. It seems like they've got to be able to communicate with Dan and Ryan, even though I believe Ryan's learning Italian. But to, to talk with the main bloke, they seem like they want someone that speaks English to have that communication with them at the club so I wouldn't be surprised if we went looking abroad for someone but then also it's who are you bringing unless you're bringing in someone that's we're never going to bring in a massive name but if you bring in someone like potentially kind of well respected like the Ajax manager maybe someone like that but I doubt we'd get him but I wouldn't be surprised if they did go for someone foreign again yeah, I, all, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But as if it's, it's it's all about is it worth it? Is it worth exactly throwing away two years of building? How because we seem pretty close at top four. So, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Just to end here, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, compared just to the city our landscape, like how close is this Roma? I don't think they're that far off. And maybe I am just being a little too optimistic. But but I look. If we're just talking individually, I think they're better than Milan. If you take a couple of matches and change one minor detail, I, I think we're looking at a much different different season. So I, I would assume you are somewhat in agreement with that, right? Like, they're not dramatically far away. Yeah, I, I think anyone that acts like we're... or oh, it's going to take another three, four years, or we need we need massive players and everyone needs to be replaced, though. They're just being unrealistic and getting a bit caught up in the moment in our current form. But but realistically, we're, we're within touching distance of top four with 12 games to go. 
11 games to go. And that's with us not beating a single big team in the league. So you'd imagine with strengthening the team in the summer and then picking up another even five or six points against those big teams would be would be sitting in the top four, would be two points behind the Milan team. You look at what Milan have done this season, It's they're not a, a great team. They've got some good players in there and they've done well, but they just had an amazing first four or five months, first half of the season. And that just catapulted them. And there's, there's no reason we can't do that in another year. Milan's season kind of reminds me of the Garcia one we had. And I know they ended they ended the season in great form after the lockdown and the pandemic. But still, to carry it on this season, it's their big test will be next season. And we're not acting like Milan are going to be title contenders again next season. For me, they'll be back down. They'll be back where they are at the moment, really, competing with us, Napoli, Atalanta and Mazio for fourth. So we're not far off. And as we've said this whole time, it's if you want to sacrifice that for something different, sacrifice for something different, you take the risk and maybe it pays off. Maybe we get someone in, you manage a boost and team just kicks off. But then you we risk getting rid of him and bringing someone else in takes a bit of time and we've back down to where we were when he first took over after De, after the Ranieri took over from De Francesco and it's all back to uh, the, the one thing on that I'd be I'd be interested to see if we did get if Fonseca didn't renew if he went to uh, Napoli I'd want to see how that because it would be a it'd be interesting if we didn't renew him and then he went to Napoli and then we were competing with him the next season because if if Fonseca finished above us there, oh, that would be when the Freakins and Pinto would get come under a lot of pressure. Europa League, uh, how serious are you taking it? Go for um, it or no? It's a hard one because it all really depends on who we get in the next round. Because if it's one of the, like, I didn't thought we'd play as well as we did against Shakhtar, and I didn't thought it would be as easy, but you'd believe that even with a B team out tomorrow, we can. We can cross the line even if we lose like two two nil or whatever. We still go through, so it's the quarter violence. And if if we come up against a a, a Tottenham or a the Milan slash Man United or an Arsenal, or like, of course we still have a chance. But with our record against big teams or teams with a bit of quality, it's there's no reason we should be confident about it. But then. We've also got the chance of playing Granada, and even though they beat, they're not Napoli out. They're not a strong team, and they're not a team that you put in the top seven in Italy. So you'd think we'd have a chance to get to the semi-final if we got something like that. And then if you get a Villarreal or a Ajax, I think it's kind of fifty-fifty again. I think in Chapter, and we might have a chance to get through. And then you get to a semi-final, and you start to dream and you start to think of what could happen. Right. Right. But I think it's one of those that it's hard to see what your pro- what what their priorities will be because we've obviously seen and with our squad you can't we can't chuck out a a top team in one comp- on a Thursday and then play the same players again on a Sunday. As as I've said, like you look at our team and it's you've got all the players in it like a Mkhitaryan, Pedro, Jacko. Obviously, they're not going to be able to recover as quickly and run as much in, in a two-day rest period. 
So I think we just kind of this Thursday, see how it goes. Most likely get through and then for the next round, it really depends who we, if we get an easy team or a team that's on our level, I think we have to try and do like we did against Shakhtar, play a fairly strong team and kind of carry on going at it 50-50 and seeing what happens. But if we've got a Tottenham, Arsenal, Man United, Milan, I'd, I'd kind of be reluctant. But it also depends on our league form if we're still in the... If we're still within touching distance, but if we lose to Napoli this weekend and we start falling behind, I guess the Europa League just naturally takes precedent in front of the league. Mm, all right. That is where we will leave it. Thank you again, Fat Totti. We will uh, we'll talk no again soon. Okay, everyone. That is where we are going to leave it for this episode. We will probably be back on Friday. I'll be touching base with Andy. I may have to pull Fat Totti back in and his brain depending on what happens in in the Europa League match tomorrow so fingers crossed can't imagine that Roma would have too many problems three to zero lead on aggregate but it is Roma I ran my mouth last weekend saying that I was very confident that there should be no issues uh, in the league match against Parma and of course I, I clearly know nothing when it comes to that so I'm going to be quiet hopefully the best happens tomorrow and we will chat with you in a few days so until next time ciao